Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're in the book of Genesis, chapter 21 today. We're going to be seeing the birth of Isaac and uh, what happens with uh, his brother Ishmael and the mother of Ishmael, Hagar. So um, here we go, uh, the birth of Isaac. And as McGee uh, points out, uh, the birth of Isaac and the birth of Jesus, are they have some similarities so it's almost like God is using sometimes these miraculous births to foreshadow the miraculous birth of Jesus. So we've got um, Isaac and Jesus. They're both promised births. They both occur after some time. They both occur um, almost under impossible circumstances. Uh, Jesus, of course, being the virgin birth, and Isaac, of course, being born to somebody really, really old. Um, both are named before they're given birth. Um, both uh, births occur right on schedule at God's appointed time. And um, so they're foretold. It's impossible. They're already named, and they occur really at God's appointed time. So it's really like man has nothing to do with it that much. It's all God's doing. And then both sons uh, produce a lot of joy in their father. You know, uh, Isaac uh, causes um, Abraham to be um, so joyful, even in his old age, and... um, when Jesus was baptized, you hear a voice from heaven saying, This is my son. I'm very well pleased. So it pleases both fathers. And both children are obedient to their father, even to death. So we see a lot of parallels here. So we're going to jump in and see what happens. So verse uh, chapter 21, verse 1, The Lord visited Sarah, as he said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. In other words, he it's not a virgin birth here, but it's he 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 does uh, he gives Sarah the ability, um, and he gives life to her womb. In other words, her womb is kind of dead, but now it brings 
God brings life from what is with man impossible and death. So, uh, verse 2, And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time which God had spoken to him. So, at the exact time. Verse 3, Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Verse 5, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to me, Abraham, that Sarah would nurse children? Yet, I've born him a son in his old age. So, in other words, she not only is physically able and physiologically able to bear a child, she's now got the ability of a younger woman to nurse. And she must have a little bit more strength uh, of a younger woman because she's got to now keep up with this baby. So, I mean, visit any nursing home today and look around, and you see these you know, 90 and 100 year old people, they're not looking like people who have energy to nurse a kid and wake up a kid and change diapers all night long. So, she not only experienced the ability to have the kid, she experiences the, the, the laughter um, and joy of having the child, uh, having the child. Verse 8, and of course, uh, with Abraham too, it's not like he's, he's some guy in a nursing home. Oh yeah, you know, you've had a kid. No, he has great joy with this child. So God has blessed their family and given them an impossible um, birth here. But he's, he doesn't give them just the, the birth. He gives them the experience as well. He, he gives them the whole he gives them the tools that they need to take care of this child. He doesn't do the job for them just halfway. Okay, so now um, verse 8, And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Okay, great feast to celebrate. Verse 9, But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. And my study Bible even translates that to mocking. Verse 10, So she said to Abraham, Cast out the slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. So we see the true nature of the son, uh, um, Ishmael. Not a very nice little boy. And of course, Hagar uh, they're they're kind of laughing and mocking. They're not laughing with joy. Their laughter is mocking laughter. And um, Sarah can't handle this. This is a this is her time to celebrate and be joyful. And of course, it wasn't because you know she's being mocked in her own house. Um, so that would produce a lot of tension, wouldn't it? Verse eleven and. 
the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. Of course, you know, he's grown to raise Isaac, and um, he's got a lot of emotion, you know, emotional ties. You know, he probably loves this little boy, too. Um, Verse 12, but God said to Abraham, do not be displeased. Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah tells you to do, do as she tells you. Um, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. In other words, Isaac is going to be um, your offspring. He's going to be this great nation. And don't worry, it's not going, your lineage is not going to come through Ishmael. Verse 13, and I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also because he is your offspring. So there's going to be a great nation coming from Isaac. And there's going to be a great um, nation coming from Ishmael. But, he, you know, it's interesting that he doesn't name Ishmael. He doesn't say his name. Um, because he's not favored. Because Abraham and Sarah kind of bore him in sin. They weren't trusting God's provision. But again, God is merciful on Abraham. And, um, We see that God's mercy allows him to handle this birth of this child, and um, the child is not certainly the victim, and God takes care of it in a good way. Verse, but the child just can't live there anymore. You've got two natures, as McGee says. You've got a righteous nature and a more sinful nature. And you've got to choose which nature you're going to allow in your household. And the sinful nature is just not going to be allowed to be in Abraham's household. So it's kind of acting out on that as well, Those this big biblical principle here. Verse 14, So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Okay, now, that must have been hard to do. But again, you've got to choose. The lesson here is you've got to choose between the righteous and the sinful natures. And these are represented in the two boys. Verse 15, when the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Fear not. For God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up. Lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, and I will make him into a great nation. So God opened her eyes, and when she saw a well of water, and she went 
and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Now, what you've got here is Abraham made had to make a choice between the the righteous and the sinful. And so he casts out the sinful from his house. But we show God even merciful on the sinners or on the sinful. And God's mercy, it shows, is on Hagar and on Ishmael. But again, Ishmael's name is not mentioned, but it's referred to as the boy. So God has mercy on him in these circumstances. And because it's from Abraham's lineage, he will allow this boy also to become a great nation. So God is working out his plan and his purpose, even through man's sin. Man's sin has got to be resolved. And the ramification of man's sin lasts generations. So that sin has to be dealt with. And we're seeing how God has to work out man's sin through all the generations that will occur because of the sin. Verse 20, And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Okay, so that is what's going on with Ishmael there. And uh, we sort of, he drops off the storyline here, and we're back to Abraham here. Now, at the time, it's like, meanwhile, Amibalak, that's this king in this area, and you've got sort of Abraham sort of living out in this area in tents. And um, Abraham was originally scared of Amibalak, and he tells him that uh, Sarah was his sister, so Amibalak had taken Sarah into his household, into his harem, uh, but did not have relations with her at that time. But um, Amibalak was fearful of the Lord. Like, what have I done? So, again, these guys are becoming friends. And um, Amibalak obviously respects Abraham a lot. So, here we go. Uh, verse 22, at the time, Amibalak and Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. So that was evident. Verse 23, now therefore swear to me by, here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my pros posterity. But as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me in the land where you have sojourned. And Abraham said, I swear. So, Amibalak probably sees that Abraham's got an heir now. He's got a son. And, uh, you know, he probably heard about the big feast. He might have even been invited to the big feast. Um, so, Amibalak is saying, you know, I know God's with you, and I want you to... Um, let's, let's form a treaty or a covenant or swear to me that you're not going to, you know... Start being mean to me, you know, because you're a great man and God is with you. Let's let's always be friends here. And uh, verse 25, then uh, when Abraham, okay, so Abraham swears on this. And then apparently some time has passed 
Um, verse 25, when Abraham reproved Amibelech about a well of water that Amibelech's servants had seized. So they had made this truce to be good to one another, but apparently some of Amibelech's servants had taken a well that Abraham had dug. So Amibelech said, I, I don't know who's done this thing. You did not tell me, and I've not heard of it until today. Okay, so he's bringing something up. Verse 27, So Abraham took a sheep and oxen and gave them to Amibelech, and the two men made a covenant. Verse 28, Abraham set seven lambs of the flock apart, and Amibelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? And he said, These seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand, that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. So he's basically saying, look, let's have a gesture that you take these lambs from me and acknowledge that this is my well. And um, so it's a really nice way of reaffirming the ownership, but Abraham does it with generosity so that both men can be generous. Verse 31, therefore, that place was called Beersheba. And Beersheba may mean seven or, um, or well of the oath. Because they were both of them, because both of them swore an oath. Okay, so that's the well, the well of the oath, Beersheba. Verse 32, 32. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Amibelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a um, tamarisk tree at Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. Okay, so this land, Beersheba, in this area over here, Beersheba, you know, Beersheba is a little bit southwest of Bethlehem, south of where he lived before in Mamre and Hebron, um, and in this uh, land of these Philistines, um, in this other, the other name for it was the uh, land of uh, Canaan. Um, where the Canaanites lived, but it's sort of on my study Bible, so that sort of this um, towards the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, this area over here. So that's kind of where he lives, and and you've got Beersheba where he plants this tree, is sort of in the land of the Negeb, which is more or less southern area um, of um, of this. Uh, nation Israel. So that's where we will leave it today in chapter 21. We have seen um, a big, big biblical principle here about choosing between righteousness and sinful nature. And um, two great nations were born out of this as God continues to work through man's sin and providing a way to resolve it all. So we'll stop here 
and continue our study tomorrow. I'll turn the rest of the podcast, as always, over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you got to say today. From me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ, and we'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Genesis chapter 21, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 34. So in chapter 20, that was our study yesterday, we saw that Abraham and Sarah had to make a confession and to put away the sin which had, you know, which was a habit that they were developing that went way back to an agreement that they had had made um that was um 25 years ago before that um you know the agreement was that you know wherever they went sarah would say abraham was her brother and not her husband and they had you know two experiences of this and the reason why they made this is sarah was a very beautiful this agreement to sarah was a very beautiful woman very very beautiful and abraham um, and Sarah thought for the sake of um, Abraham to survive, if he doesn't get killed, but they say Sarah is his uh, sister, and Sarah, Sarah says Abraham is her brother. So they had two experiences that didn't go well with this, and one was in Egypt, and the other was in chapter 20 that we just from studying yesterday. So this sin was to be dealt with, confessed, and put away before Isaac could be born. And um, in chapter 21, we have the birth of Isaac. So, scripture reads verse 1 and 2 of chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah, Sarah rather, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time set of which the Lord had spoken to him. So here, you know, we see there's a striking similarity between the birth of Isaac and the birth of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Isaac was born at God's set time, which was promised. And uh, Paul, actually, in Galatians 4, 4, um, he says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So um, Isaac's birth has got um, a lot of um, similarities with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not that the Lord just sprung up the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the miraculous birth of the Lord Jesus Christ on us. No, he had been um, doing miraculous births from way back. So, um, scripture reads, verse 3, And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him with Sarah, uh, to him whom Sarah had born to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, which was, which, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old, and um, when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have 
said if Abraham, um, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the children grew and um, so sorry. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day on the same day that Isaac was weaned. Verse nine. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian woman, she had born um, to Abraham scoffing. That was Ishmael. Um, therefore, she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely Isaac. Verse 11. And the matter was very displeasing and grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son okay so we have here some truths that um we need to point out so the first being isaac's birth was miraculous and it was contrary to you know just normal nature because sarah was 90 years old this when she was having a son so if we look at the book of romans it's romans 4 verse 19 it reads and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So, um, you know, here, out of death. So Sarah's womb was dead. Um, so out of death, God brings forth life. So this is a miraculous birth. So God did not actually, you know, like I said earlier on, surprise man on the supernatural birth of Christ. He actually appeared, he actually prepared man for it way back. That is, you know, Isaac's birth. There were other miraculous births as well, Samson's birth. So God had to deal with both Sarah and Abraham. Um, in chapter 20, they had... To recognize that they could do nothing. They couldn't do anything. So God was dealing with their sin. They had to confess it and get rid of it. So, um, you know, um, they couldn't do nothing. So it was impossible um, until, you know, the miracles of God. So Abraham was 100 years old. It was not possible. And Sarah was 90 years old. And the birth of Isaac, you know, it is a miracle. God had a lot to do with it. So, um, you know, the coming of Isaac into the home produced some difficulty. So Ishmael, the son of Hagar, who was, you know, he was mocking um, the newborn child. And here we see the, you know, we get to see the nature and the true characteristic of, this, of Ishmael starting to like, manifest and come out. Obviously, everything was fine before Isaac was born. So this is an illustration if we apply it today, it's an illustration that a believer has two natures. Until one's converted, we have an old nature. Um, and that old nature actually controls us. So when one is born again, one receives a new nature. And when one receives a new nature, that's where um, the problems and the trouble begins. So, um, you know, Romans 7 um, set, uh, looks at the fact that there's a battle going on between the old nature and the new nature. So, 
um, scripture says, what I would not, I do. What I would not, I do it. That's the new nature. Um, and so, um, and then um, scripture goes on to read, you know, that's the new nature. And, you know, you we want to be, to have that new nature, but, you know, as human beings, we're always in conflict with um, the old nature. So the old nature wants to do it, but the new nature doesn't want to do it. And the old nature is in control. And, the, you know, the time comes when one has to actually make a decision uh, which one um, you will actually live by. Are you going to live by the world and try and, you know, follow Christ on Sunday? Like, or are you just going to try and live, just live for Christ? So one has to make a determination whether to actually yield to the Lord, that's permit the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, or we do it by our own energy. And, you know, as a child of God, we only have those two options. We don't have any other options. So the son of the bondwoman must have been put, actually must be put out. So Ishmael is um, the son from the bondwoman that's from Hagar. <coughs> and as much as Isaac um, is the son to Abraham, so is Ishmael. And Ishmael has been there for like a long time. And, you know, when Sarah, in verse, let me just read verse 10 and 11, it reads, Therefore she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman. So when Sarah said this, it was very displeasing and grievous to Abraham. And um, so what Abraham and Sarah, it was actually yeah, displeasing. So if, if we go back and, you know, look at what Abraham and Sarah had, had done in the past, you know, when they actually decided that Hagar should have, should bear a child um, for Abraham. So um, it was wrong, and God did not approve of it. And this is, you know, it's a heartbreak, and as much as it's a heartbreak to Abraham, but God is righteous, and he's, he's, um, he's, he's very righteous. He's a righteous, righteous God, so he will have to send, uh, Abraham would have to send his son away as God. He can't accept it. Sin is sin. God will not accept it. Um, so God didn't approve of it and doesn't actually intend to approve of it. So, you know, so in application today, you know, one can't actually live a double life. You know, as a Christian, you can't live a double standard life. You can't want to, you know, um, run with the crowd the whole week and uh, be team Jesus on Sunday. And, um, you know, Christians today, they actually want to go with the world and with the Lord. So we have two natures and we have to make up our minds which one we will go for. So if we are for Christ or if we are for the world, we have to make up our mind. There's no half and half. And this is why we are told to actually yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness. So what the law could not do through the weakness of the flesh, the Spirit of God can accomplish. Um, so the Lord tries to get a hold on man, but the um, old nature couldn't measure up. Uh, the old nature couldn't measure up to it, and now God's spirit can actually measure up to um, the law. 
So Abraham's child, that's Isaac, grew and um, he was weaned. That's another point to actually point out. He grew and he was weaned. Um, and, and, and Abraham made a great feast cause of this. So in application, we are told today that newborn babies, when you're just born again, they desire the sincere milk of the word. That, uh, you know, um, that we may grow. And, you know, a day actually comes when one wants actually to grow up and not just, you know, memorize like two scriptures in the Bible. When you want to grow up and feed on the word of God. <sighs> so, um, that's the application for um, when Isaac was weaned and the feast was prepared for him. So, scripture goes on to read, you know, Hagar's son, Ishmael. Now we actually begin to see his, his character, like I said earlier on. And this is the nature that we will see manifested later on um, in the nation. So, you know, an antagonistic, um, and, and, you know, it's an antagonistic nation whose hand is against the brother. And this holds um, true today. And then the other point is, in the birth of Isaac, we have a comparison of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so the first comparison is, both had been promised when God actually called Abraham out of the earth, the Chaldeans, 25 years before this. God had said, I will give you a son uh, to you and Sarah. And then the second similarity to actually point out is, or uh, yeah, sorry, not the second point, yeah. So God had promised um, Abraham um, a son. And God had said to the nation Israel, if we look at the birth of Christ, um, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. And that day came when he was both he was born rather in Bethlehem. And then the second similarity to actually point out is there was a long interval between the promise and the fulfillment. So for Abraham and Sarah it was about twenty five years from the time God promised um this and God had promised one would come in David's line and that you know um, it happened a thousand years later. So this is the interval of time. It happened a thousand years later before Christ was actually born. And the third comparison of Abraham's birth and Christ is the announcement of um, the birth of Sarah and, you know, the announcement of the birth of Christ. So um, that's the third point to note out. The fourth point, so actually the fourth comparison is both Isaac and uh, both both Isaac and Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, were named before their birth. So, you know, um, they were given names before they were actually born. And the fifth point to consider is both births occurred at God's appointed time. And this is in Galatians 4, uh, verse 4, which I've already read. Let me just have to try and read through it and see what it says. So that's Galatians 4, verse 4 which reads, but when the fullness of the time 
had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Okay. So, um, so here that's um, both births actually occurred at the appointed time. And the sixth point here, the sixth comparison is both, um, both births are miraculous births. I mean, Sarah was a hundred years old. She even laughed. Uh, even Isaac was a hundred years old. Sarah was ninety. Um, Isaac laughed with joy when he heard Sarah was having a baby. And um, in Mary's case, Mary was one of the first people to actually even question the virgin birth. Um, she asked. How it was going to be, how possible it's going to be, because she knew no man. And then um, the seventh uh, comparison is both sons were a particular joy of their father. Like when Christ was born, God said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And even when Isaac was born, um, Abraham laughed with joy. The ninth point to consider is both sons are obedient to the father, even into um even unto death so here you know the miraculous birth of isaac is a picture of the resurrection of christ so out of death came life so this is resurrection and in isaac we have the entire picture of the birth and resurrection of christ Scripture goes on to read verse 12. It reads, But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your, you know, um, bond um, woman. Uh, whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice for Isaac. Need for, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be cold so god makes it clear to abraham that he won't accept ishmael here as the one he promised verse 13 goes on to read yet i will also make a nation of the son of the bond woman because he he is your seed so um God is saying, you know, a great nation will also come out um, from Ishmael. Verse 14 goes on to read. Um, so Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water. And, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it to the boy, to Hagar, and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy on under um and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs then she went and sat down across from him in at a distance and of about a bow shot for she said to herself let me not see the death of the boy so um the um, um sorry um and she sat uh, she sat at the distance of the bow shot for her for she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? 
fear not for God has um, heard the voice of the lad where he is arise lift up the lad and hold him to your hand for I will make him a great nation verse 19 then the Lord opened his her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad to drink so God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer he dwelt in the wilderness of uh, Paran and his mother took him a wife from the land of Egypt so now here you know we see the line of Ishmael has been dropped and today you have um, the descendants of Ishmael they're still there in the desert and um you know they are against their brother they're still causing um a lot of problems verse 22 goes on to read and it came to pass that at that time um that amibelech and p call um and amibelech and pickle and commander of his army spoke to abraham saying god is with all of you um god's with you in all that you do um that's sorry and it came to pass yeah god's in all that you do so amibelech wants to make a contract with abraham and abraham and amibelech you know became very good friends because of this okay so um let me just skip to verse 32 verse 32 reads thus they made a covenant at beersheba so amibelech rose with pico uh, the commander of his army and they returned to the land of the philistines so abraham is calling upon god's name every time and everywhere he goes, um, as it states in verse 32, he says, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord and the Lord, the everlasting God. Verse 34 reads, And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines. Um, of the Philistines. Many days. So, you know, Abraham... You know, he was always a stranger. Like scripture says, he was always a stranger. And a pilgrim in the land that God gave him. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. It's got great application for us, you know, as Christians. You know, what nature is transcending over the other. Um, are we just running with the crowd every day and, you know, following Jesus on a Sunday? And, um... You know, are we growing spiritually as Christians? We're supposed to grow. We can't remain as babies, as newborn babies, just drinking milk. Okay, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.